Welcome to the One in Eight Billion podcast, where we explore how you can know Jesus for yourself. I'm God's child, and I'm Coco. Let's get into this week's episode. Hey guys, thanks for joining us on the One in Eight Billion podcast. Since it's our goal to explore how we can know Jesus for ourselves and to share who God is and how we can know him with you guys, we thought for episode number 10, it would be fitting to talk about who God is and how we can know him because we can't know him if we don't know who he is. (laughs) So this is episode 10, and it's going to be the first episode of a two-part series, but actually there's like three episodes. So this is part 1A. Next week will be part 1B. So, yes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We have a lot of information to share, so we've got multiple parts. Uh, Yeah. And let's see how this goes. All right. We're going to start off with our first verse which is Romans 11 33 through 36 and I'm reading an ESV it says oh the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God how unsearchable are his judgments how inscrutable are his ways for who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid for from him and through him and to him are all things to him be the glory forever. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like that verse because it like, I don't know. It's so cool to think nobody can teach God because God is the author of all humanity. And so we could never serve God. God cannot be served by human hands because he made humans themselves. Um, yeah. (laughs) And yet, he calls us to, to learn about him, and he calls us into relationship with him, even though we don't deserve that, and even though it's impossible for us to completely understand God, I mean, just think of, like, the Trinity, like, how confusing that is, how God can be three persons, and yet he's one God. It's kind of confusing, but at the same time, he invites us to be still, to know that he is God, to learn about him. And he invites us into relationship with him, even though he is so much higher than us and we shouldn't be allowed in his presence. But he, because he is good and because he is love and because he has all these other things that we're going to talk about in our episode today, he allows us to come and to know who he is. Mm-hmm. Um. So we wanted to talk about some of the attributes of God and uh, verses you can find in the Bible about those. Um, so first off, I wanted to say that it's impossible to list all of God's attributes. Like literally it would take forever to list all of them because he is everlasting, never ending. There's so many things about God. So we're just going to list some of the main ones we came up with. So Coco had some notes. Yeah, I just wanted to say that the whole Bible points to God, and it's his story of the world that he is writing. 
And it's so important for us to understand who God is and to have a right view of God, because if we don't have a right view of God, then we're never going to have a right view of the world. We're never going to have a right view of life or of work or of relationships or anything, because believing in God and creation and having a right view of the Bible, that determines how we see things. It determines how we see ourselves, which is why the second part of this series is to be talking about who we are because of him. And so having a right view of God, it causes this paradigm shift to completely shift our perspective of the world and how we see people, how we view the things around us and the things that we do. And it's just so, so important to know who God is and to understand that, which is why we wanted to take an episode and talk about that, talk about God and who he is and just learn more about him so that we can know him and realize that he is the center of the universe and we need to have a right view of him because everything else stems off of that. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to mention that um, you have to do your own research. You have to be in the Bible every day. And that's the only way you're really going to get to know God is by being in prayer and being in the Bible. And Because the best way to learn about him is to read his words. So you have to make sure you're doing that too so that you can have a better relationship with him. But, yeah, because yeah. even though we try to talk about him and and teach things and humans try to know God and teach other people about God, humans are still flawed and we don't know all there is to know. And so, like God's child said, the best way to learn about God is to go to God and ask him questions and seek him in his word. And podcasts like this can be helpful and God's Child and I both enjoy listening to podcasts, and it's good to go to church and hear from your pastor, and it's good to read devotional plans and books and things of that nature, but really the best way to know God and to know who he is is to go directly to the source, to go to him and just be in prayer and be in the word. Yeah, you can't survive on other people's words you have to like you can survive on god's word though straight from the bible what we say cannot be today's devotional you need the actual living word of god anyway (laughs) that goes for all of our episodes too um so our first point um, one of the attributes of God is he is our creator. So Coco's going to read some verses about that, and then I'll read one. Yep. So what better verse to start with than the very beginning? <laughs> the first <laughs> verse is Genesis 1-1, which says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then later on in that chapter... Genesis 1, 26 and 27, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. They will rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, all the earth, and the creatures that crawl on the earth. So God created man in his own image. 
He created him in the image of God. He created them male and female. And yeah, so that's and then, the beginning of the story. That's how the Bible starts. That's how the world started. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Mm-hmm. And so I've got one in Revelation, actually, the last book of the Bible. And it's Revelation 4.11. It says, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. And I just like how throughout the whole Bible, there's just reminders that God created the heavens and the earth. And there wasn't a big bang or anything like that. And it's so cool. I'm going to get off on this rant now. But um, our home study, yeah, Bible study group, whatever you want to call it. uh, We're going through a video called, uh, what is it? is Genesis history. And it's so cool because they go around the world and find the physical evidence of the flood and um, like all these things. And it's just so cool. Um, so yeah, I like how there's things throughout that can remind us that God created the heavens and the earth and what the Bible says is true. Yeah. And like you mentioned how we have that verse in Genesis, but then that verse that you read is all the way in Revelation. Like, God is the Alpha and the Omega. He's the first and the last. And I just, I think it's so interesting, like you pointed out, that even at the end of the Bible, it's still talking about what happened at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's just reminders everywhere about how God is the creator, because that's so important. Yeah. On a slightly, oh, my cat's pawing at my door. Okay, <laughs> on a slightly different note, um, God created man, and we were made to be in a relationship with God, and we were made to worship him and to live in his presence and enjoy him forever. So we have some verses on that. I have Psalm 86, 9, which says, All the nations you have made will come and bow down before you, Lord, and will honor your name. And then, uh, hold on, I'm turning to it now. Okay, I have two Isaiah passages. Isaiah 43, 7 says, Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for glory, whom I formed and made. And then I have Isaiah sixty twenty one, and it says, "Your people shall be righteous; they shall pat, sorry, they shall possess the land forever. The branch of my planting, the work of my hands, that I may be glorified." Um, yeah, Isaiah is kind of an interesting one because it switches between two different points of view, but yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Uh, yep. I don't know what else to say about that one. These verses are talking about how our lives, we were created to bring glory to God and to worship him. And that's why we're here. The Bible says in Genesis that God looked at his creation and he said it was good. But without man, he realized that there was no one to 
talk to and he wanted a companion so that's why he created adam and he wanted a friend someone to talk to and it's just so cool to think that like we were created to be in relationship with god that's literally the reason we exist mm-hmm. yeah uh, and that's yeah. why it's important to have a right view of god because our beginning is with him like that's the purpose behind it all and he is the author of our lives it starts with him and he is i just have some notes written down he is our ultimate authority and he is our father and he is he's at the top of the hierarchy and everything was made for him and to bring glory to him and to praise his name and it's not it's not about us it's not about we are not the center of the universe. The world doesn't revolve around us, but it revolves around God. And it's so important that we keep him at the center and to remember that he he is should be first and foremost in our lives because that's where it all started. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> um, and connecting your one note to our next point, God is our father and... Our father loves us, and um, that's what any good father does, is they love their children. And so that brings us to the next point, which is God is love. And so Coco's got a few verses about that one. In First John 4, 7-10, through 10, it says, Dear friends, let us love one another, because love is from God, and everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God. Because God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his one and only son into the world so that we might live through him. Love consists in this, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. And then jumping down in that chapter to verse 16. It says, And we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and the one who remains in love remains in God, and God remains in him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah love is the greatest commandment and I just think that's so cool that God is love and love never ends and God never ends and yeah it's the most important thing Um, and then I love like the biggest like the main way that God showed his love for us was sending his son to die um, so I have Romans 5, 8, which says, But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Um, so we've always been sinners while we were still sinners. Um, Christ died for us. And that was the only way that our sins could be taken away. And that is like the greatest love. Um, I feel like I had a verse about that, too. Maybe someone somewhere I don't know (laughs) um yeah and because of his sacrifice on the cross we can be saved and we have the opportunity to accept him as our savior he's the messiah he came to save us and because of that we can know God again because we were made for a relationship with God but then we broke the tie we broke that connection and distanced ourselves from God by eating of the forbidden fruit and 
So because of that, sin entered the world and we should never have been allowed in the presence of God. We should never have been able to know God. We should have just been killed or at the very least separated from God. But because of his sacrifice and because of the love that he had for us, he came and he bridged that gap for us. And he did that so that we could be in right relationship with him again. And he brings us back to the Father. And... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you have your Psalm one. Yeah. So in Psalm 23, 1 through 3, it's a familiar chapter to many of you. It says, The Lord is my shepherd. There is nothing I lack. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the right paths for his name's sake. And I like that because Jesus called himself the great shepherd and he came to lead us back into relationship with God. He came to to give us rest and to so that we could lie down in green pastures and be led beside quiet waters. And I like in verse three how it says he leads me along the right path for his name's sake. He leads us because because he is love and because he is our creator and because he wants us to be able to bring glory to his name. And he can't do that if we're, we can't bring glory to his name if we're off in the world running away. And so I just like how it says he leads us along the right paths for his name's sake. Yes, it's because he loves us. And yes, it's because he wants us to live a good life. But ultimately, the purpose behind it is because he wants our love and because he wants us to serve him with our lives and because his name deserves our worship Mm -hmm. yeah and i'm going to connect these two points again um he leads us through paths and though those paths may get dark god is light and um as long as we keep our eyes on him we will be able to get through the dark hard times and so you have another verse (laughs) about this one yeah. So we have back in First John, this time in chapter one, verse five. I'll just read five through seven. It says, Now this is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light, and there is absolutely no darkness in him. If we say we have fellowship with him, yet we walk in darkness, we are lying and are not practicing the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he himself is the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Yeah. Um, so I like the idea that if there's a dark room, God's light can light, can light up the whole entire room, and he can light up any dark place. And so I've got... A John verse, <laughs> two actually, and we got one in John eight twelve, and it says, "Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life.'" And then I have John nine five, and it says, "As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world." 
and I liked it. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't say that, but. And then we have a bunch of psalm passages. Do you want to read yours, and then I'll read mine? Sure. So I have Psalm eighteen, twenty-eight, which says, Lord, you light my lamp. My God illuminates my darkness. And then in Psalm, going back to Psalm 23, right after the passage that I read before in verse 4, he says, Even when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And then I have Psalm 119, 105. And it says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And so what all those verses have in common is that Jesus is the light and we are walking in darkness and what darkness is, darkness is the absence of light. Darkness is not like a thing of itself. It is just the absence of light. And so when we are not walking with God, we're walking in darkness because we don't have the light. But then when we walk with God, we have the light. And that's why the psalmist says in Psalm 23 that even if he's going through a dark valley, he's not going to fear because God is there with him and his word is the light and he is the light and he's going to illuminate the darkness and he is going to uh, reveal truth to us by, by shining light on the lies and he is going to just lead us through the valley and... His word is a light unto our path and a lamp unto our feet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and though we might be walking through dark times, um, it is God's word and God that gets us through it because his word is a lamp to our feet. Um, And he will guide us through it, through the darkness. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I like that. He is the true light, and he's not an imitation. God's child and I right now are reading the Bible together, and we were in Genesis, and we were just on a Google Docs taking notes as we were reading. And one of the things that stood out to me was that in Genesis, it talks about how the sun is the greater light, and the greater light rules the day, and then the lesser light to rule the night. And I just found it really interesting that when you think about it, the moon really doesn't have any light of itself. It's the lesser light, and it's just it's just like a big rock. <laughs> it's not it doesn't have any power on its own, any light on its own. And I think that's significant because it's just an imitation. It's not really the real thing. It can try to it reflects the light, but doesn't have any light of its own but god says he is the true light he is he is like the sun who gives off its own source of light and that shines brighter and greater and greater is he who is in you than he who is living in the world mm-hmm. i also like a different analogy type thing as it's like we are the moon we reflect god and god is the sun and yeah God is the greater light that shines on us. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. 
So that's it for part 1A. (laughs) So to recap, God is our creator. He is love and he is light. Mm -hmm. Hope you'll join us for episode number 11, which will be part B of this series. And we hope that you will come to know more of who God is. Mm-hmm. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>